Alright, greetings ladies and gentlemen. And our listeners. Welcome to another edition of Har! Talking Trek Wars Har! Um, the Star Trek series, the Prime Universe Star Trek series. The final entry in the Prime series, Star Trek Ten. Star Trek Nemesis. Well, they it, didn't get numbers this late. We already talked about that. Y- yeah, I, I this know. This is the tenth installment of the series. But there are some places where you go to buy the digital copy, and when you search for it, it comes up as Star Trek Ten. Yes, Star Trek X. Because we like to use Roman numerals. Why is it that we use Roman numerals? For because things it when people, looks all cool. when you get to ten. People start using Roman numerals. It's like, but what happened to one through nine? Like, no, the people used to use one through nine the most when it comes to movies. Though, actually, in the Star Trek Prime universe, that is actually what they did. They used primarily Roman numerals. Yeah, yeah. God damn it, Star Trek I I I. Yeah, as opposed to Star Trek IV or VI. Well, yeah, but you would still you would look at it, but still call it three or six. Or does that does that mean we're going to have to do our <laughs> rankings in Roman numerals? Uh, no, 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 we're not we're not doing that because that would require me to think. That's not going to happen. All right, so we are on Nemesis, a movie uh, that came out in two thousand two. I think I forgot. Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, directed by Stuart Baird, uh, with a screenplay by John Logan, score by Jerry Goldsmith, produced by Rick Berman. Slick Rick. Slick Rick Berman. And it was the last movie he produced. Yes. So, what is happening at this time in the Star Trek universe? Uh, Enterprise is on TV. We are post-Dominion War. We are post-Dominion War. I'm talking about, I said oh, on TV. On TV. Like, what, what is occurring at the same time that this came out? So, Enterprise was on TV. Yes, Voyager uh, was ending. Yeah, had it not? It might have already wrapped, actually. Uh, yeah, I think it wrapped when they were doing production. Yes, no, it did wrap. Yeah, it was already wrapped because in this movie we get Admiral, Admiral Janeway. Janeway. That's right. Yay! Great cameo. So uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna get down to brass tacks on this thing. Oh, there will be. A Star Trek Nemesis Heart Part D. Oh? Well, because you, you prompted me last minute with this, and so I couldn't align Mr. Peter Cooley to close out the Prime Universe series the same way we started it. Okay. So, he will be coming at a later date while you are gone, and we are going to record this Part 2. Yes, because I will definitively be on deployment. Yes, so... We are... You're going to be on a, a lovely away mission. Yes. Let's keep with the terminology. Yes. Yes. All right. Um, I have good, bad, ugly, and funny. I'm curious for you to start with your funny, because this is a, ta- a topic we don't normally get into. No, but this is just like a funny, more like a coincidence, or like, oh, oh. hey, I, I see that. So, do you realize that this is the first of two movies where Patrick Stewart talks to a younger version of himself, played by an up-and-coming actor? What's the other movie? The other movie is X-Men's Days of Future Past, where he talks to James McAvoy as a young Professor Xavier. And in this, we get Tom Hardy as a young clone of Captain Picard. Or Picard, as he likes to say it. Gene Luck Pickard? Is there a Gene Luck Pickard here? You know, you've used that joke so much, I don't think it works anymore. I don't care, it's still funny to me. No, well, that's, 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 I guess that's all that matters. Right. And that the listeners keep tuning in. They're like, and here comes the Pickard. Right. Yeah. Right. So that that's my funny. Funny ha-ha, funny. Like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, You know what? I I don't know how I want to start this. How do you want to start this? Or continue Let's this? start with the good. Okay. Um, how, okay, you, you want me to just read my list, or you want to read your list, or do you want? Um, you, why don't we each trade goods? Because I've got a few, you've probably got a few. Okay, let's 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 do it to it. I, I read a funny, so you have to go first. So the good, um, I found this movie to be incredibly well paced. It is a little under two hours in total run length, uh, but I found it to be incredibly well paced. I thought that. The um, one of the strengths of the director, and they talk about it kind of a few different ways, is he was 
he's an action style director. He was never been a track director, yeah. which led to some of the problems with the movie. But in general, I thought it was incredibly well paced for a a sci fi action adventure, which what this was. No, okay. You're good. I have our first look at Romulus since DS9. Yes, that is good. Well, because... Okay, if everybody remembers back from the TV show, yes, it's great that they do matte paintings and look great, but there's not really much to it. And right. And everything tends to look the same. Like, if you put a person who wasn't uh, a really big Trekkie... Yeah. And you put a map picture of the capital of Kronos and the capital of Romulus together. You wouldn't know the difference. They wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Here, with that, in the opening credit sequence, well, prior, the opening prologue, where you get that sweeping view down and you actually make the distinctions. You can see the Roman, yeah. quote unquote, influence. And the fact is that we never really got, we've always gotten Romulans in context to talking to somebody else. Somebody yes. from the Federation or Klingon. But not Romulans talking to Romulans. But not Romulans. Romulans talking to Romulans. And so that's why I have it as first look at Romulans as DS9. Because it provides more dynamic to the often referenced, very underutilized species. Right. So within that good, um, it's funny you put that in there. Because I think it also addresses a very cool thing. Now you have to watch the deleted scenes to see this. But one of the things they talk about... Is historically you've always seen in all of the previous logos of the Romulans the two spheres which are in the hands of the warbird. Yeah. And they call out that it's Romulus and Remus in the logo. Yeah. Which is super cool. Yeah, but uh, it's more like Romulus and the bird holding one up and Remus getting crushed. In the logo it doesn't look that way. I'm saying if they wanted to be a more accurate depiction. I appreciate that, but it's that fun little nugget. Yeah, it's like it's like Americans in our remembrance of Thanksgiving. <laughs> you mean thanks tanking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks tanking. Anyways. Um, within that, I also have uh, Roman art design, Riemann art design, and specifically the scimitar and that vampiric Nosferatu look. Like, I dug it all. I dug the whole... I, I, I like the, the art direction aesthetic of both yeah. Romulus and Remus and the Remans. Yes. Even though their outfits are so outlandish. And do you know what happened to those outfits once the movie was done production? They got reused somewhere else, and I forget where. They got reused in Enterprise in Season 3 as the Reptilians. Oh, that's right. And they just had those gold things Added over wrapped it. around them. Yeah. And that's what happened to that. Yeah. And the uh, the motto is the uh, lesson is don't throw shit away. Yeah. In movie productions, and yeah. like you need to throw shit away because I work in places you need to throw shit away. Well, I'm I'm a big fan of the one year theory. If you haven't used it for a year, get rid of it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so, so within all that, that I I liked, and especially like the art design of the scimitar. It actually is very. Uh, you can see the the. Romulan inspiration in the overall design, but you can see that it is a predator-based ship. It's something for people who are like, "No, we don't want to kill you. We want to kill you, kill you, kill you." Right. You know, we like we're not want to. We don't want you to be dead. We don't want you to be mostly dead. We want you to be dead, dead. dead. <laughs> it's like what is it when when Worf reads it reads it off like fifty two destructor banks, twenty eight torpedo launchers, and. Uh, Primary and secondary shields, and then, whoa, okay. Somebody meant business. <laughs> You're like, this, this, this gonna fuck you up. And beyond that, you have the, uh, the Scorpion attack ships. Which I actually listed under one of my bads. I have it under ugly because, and I have it as titled, Tactics, Use of Scorpions to Damage and Distract in the Main Battle... When you could then stay cloaked and have your little things flying around and nice and pick people off. And you so you didn't really see it except for that one scene. Yes. Um, but we're not to my bads, but I'll get there. No, but you can mention what it is now because we touched on it. Yeah, so my bad with the Scorpions is it's a Scorpion class tax ship. A scorpion, as far as we know, is a animal indigenous to earth okay well you know, 
I think we can take the artistic license on this one thing. I mean, as much as we're going to nitpick some other shit, I think that's one thing where you can be like, maybe that's just the English equivalent to the word. It, plausible. You know what I mean? Like, Right, that's the translation. That's what the Universal Translator is like. Okay, it's a... Thinking they're not going to know what this is. It's Okay, it's a scorpion. Yep. Okay. So, shut down your bed. Anyways. Um, your next good. Humor. This movie was very humorous in an intelligent way. Over and over again. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, it, it was just... It didn't suffer from some of the, like, forced humor that was in Insurrection. Yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, which was a nice return to more true, thoughtful Trek. Okay. I am going to stick on the, the Riemann train here and go with two things. Okay. Uh, a young Tom Hardy and a great Ron Perlman. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as Shinzon and as, uh, as Viceroy. Viceroy. Are we done talking? No. No, no, we're going... Okay, well, the, the, the screen free froze. So I was trying to... Yeah, yeah, we're good. Uh, so, yeah. I love Ron Perlman as an actor. He's phenomenal. Yeah, and you know what? For the longest time, I didn't know it was him, but once I realized it was him, I could, that's all I could see, and I was like, there's a man who does well under makeup. Even out of makeup. He's just... No, I understand that, but not a lot of actors can translate to heavy makeup and still uh, relate. And if you want an example of that, look at half the Klingons in season one of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah. And that heavy makeup, it it, it limits some people's acting ability and their uh, ability to relate their characters' emotions and whatnot to yeah. the audience. I'm not talking like Mary Chafio. Yeah. She was great, but um, the guy who played Takuma. Yeah, Takuma. Yeah. Was just not. But this way, when you get a person who can actually act under a, a shit ton of makeup and do it well, it really makes it seem seamless. I think a lot of it has to do with the way that Ron Perlman speaks in all of his roles. Right, He has a very deliberate way of speaking Yeah, and kind of groans all the time, so you feel it. Yeah. Uh, that kind of dovetails into where I was going. Um, I listed this... As originally as cameos, but I kind of want to back that up and go bigger and say casting. Okay. Casting of the movie was really good for your non-key characters. I thought, in general, all the all the actors who played the roles were quite believable. Yeah. Um, the small bits of cameos that you did get were enjoyable. Um, I, I have Return and, of All Characters, albeit brief. Right. I mean, you have the appearance of Will Wheaton and Whoopi Goldberg at the wedding scene. Yeah. Um, and, and a few other kind of nuggets throughout the movie. Apparently, Barclay was supposed to be there at the wedding, too. Hmm. You didn't... I don't know if he... If he was just the, Even in the deleted scenes, you don't see Dwight Schultz. No, yeah, but he... I don't know if he could make it or if he said no, but he was supposed to be there as well. Right. Um, the appearance of Admiral Janeway is delicious. Yeah. I like uh, Dina Meyer as uh, uh, Commander Denatra of the yeah. Valdez. Valdez. Yes. You're tired. Uh, you. And if anybody remembers, she's also in a great science fiction movie called Starship Troopers. Yes. So, uh, yeah. No, I was, I was generally happy with everything. Yeah, when I mean, it came to that that stuff. Although I think it's part bad because, like, we 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 kind of know this is going to be the last movie, and that's what everybody's intentions is. Unless it makes a shit ton of money, and then we'll come right. back. Uh, so we're just going to throw these people on there, and it's like you know you you could have brought them with you, you know. Well, the only one who didn't go with you in the movie was Whoopi Goldberg, and Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know. There's, I don't know that having Will Wheaton around would have added to the plot at all. Though it would have been fun to have him as the helmsman. Yeah, you could have. I mean, you could have brought him back just for this one thing. Like, oh yeah, I'm going to the wedding on Beta Z two as well, yeah. and uh, I figured that's where the Titan's supposed to meet us. So I should go with 
my captain right to go meet up like it would just make sense or yeah there's a lot of pieces there where you could say well they could have done but I don't necessarily know that those could have dones would have added to the story at all. No, I, I understand that. I'm just saying you could have... There's... Right, I'm so... Like you do with me, I'm silver lining your bats. Yeah. Uh, okay, what's another one here I got? Um, CGI is much better in this one and holds up for the most part. Yeah, for the most part, I would agree with that. I like the darker version of the Enterprise E, whereas in uh, Insurrection, it's really white on the outside. It's oh, really yeah, yeah, bright. The, the ship itself, yes. And this one, uh, the hull, is much more gray. There's much yeah. more shadowy areas, which also makes the uh, nacelles and Broussard collectors pop more. Yes. Or that, you know, those two little yellow spots for uh, the escape pods that are on, yeah. the, on the saucer. So I, I, I like that. Uh, there was only one part where it didn't hold up, really. And that's in the uh, theta radiation uh, uh, arms deployment. Once the wings are all fully separated and that little spiky-looky thing comes out as it's just like channeling. It's, yeah. You know, that thing didn't look good. Yeah. Now, but, I mean... We're, we are talking like 16 years later, I'm saying. But yeah. the rest of it looks really good. Looks yeah, it still good. holds up quite nicely. So, yeah. I am out of goods. I have two more goods. Then let's hear your goods. One of them could be a bad, so I'll save that for later. Uh, Jared Goldsmith, Delighting in Marches. Much of this score are of the marches vein. Right. And so, it. And Goldsmith writes a good march, and so you have it. You have a lot of marches in minor key and major key, right. depending on the character. But it's all very military and uh, upbeat movie, even if it's in a minor key. You know, I didn't have anything down about the score um, or lighting in general, which is I know um, in general I do have one kind of caveat to that, which I know has been a departure for me with the rest of the movies. I found this score to be middle of the pack for me. It's not my favorite. It's not something I dislike. No, I mean, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely a lot better than Insurrections. Yes. Uh, I like I like when composers do marches. They're, uh, John Williams does great marches. You know, there's these... Right. There's something about it, and the fact that this was much more of an action war movie... Yes. Uh, he got to go to town on it. I do... Have a couple complaints about Goldsmith, but we'll get those in the bad. Okay. Um, so, my last good, which also goes bad to ugly, is culmination of series, TV and movie, and storylines. Okay. So, I mean, you get payoffs to insurrection of Riker and Troy, Troy getting back together, which is also payoffs of the long will-they-won't-they they in the TV right. series. Uh, you get other payoffs of, like, Wesley, he's back in Starfleet, you see that, you know, um, Data and his Which I think is a cop-out, but we'll... Yeah, no, I understand that, I get, I'm just saying... Yes. There's so many culminations to stuff. Admiral Janeway, okay, so she stayed in Starfleet. You get these little tiny, some of them are tiny nuggets, other ones are bigger ones. But the way I also say that it goes bad is that you could have brought back in um, people to talk like Leonard Nimoy could have been there talking about the unification because of his work on Romulus you know you saw that there none of that was mentioned you know uh, yeah what was what was what's her nuts Um, what's her nuts Denise Crosby's Romulan character oh Sila you could have brought her back she could have been involved in this yeah you never really find out what happened to her no exactly and this is the perfect place she could have been the one who was supporting Shinzon because she knew the ultimate goal, you know, like and yeah. like the other ones. She knew it was the wiping out of humans, and so she could have been in part of there. And yeah, but then no, no, no. But then okay, but then and how do you have a movie of Data with a bro- another brother and not a mention of lore? Yes, you know, like I think this movie could have been probably one of the one of, fit within the top three of all Star Trek movies if you would have. Brought a little bit more from the show in, from the series in, right. and would have treated this as the epic conclusion as they were mildly attempting to. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like storylines in this, that's why it's good, bad, and ugly. 
is that there's the, this movie had a shit ton of p- potential, but ultimately didn't go over well. No, I think there are other factors to that. Right. Why it didn't go over well. I mean, we have a cloning story. When the year it came out, there was already four other movies about cloning. Right. You know, uh, you can talk about fatigue and saturation. Its release time window wasn't good. Yeah, I was like, this one, as I recall, this movie was kind of mismarketed. Yeah, and it was like, you know, and that leads me into my first bad about mismarketing and uh, just failure. Yes. The goddamn title card. The fucking early 2000s backwards letter bullshit. Yes. Like, it's just fucking stupid. Yes. And that's why it's under bad. I, that, that's, yeah. Yes. Okay. Your, your first bad. Um, this is a stretch bad. Stretch bad? Like it's a it's stretch like, bad. It's like yeah. bad to ugly? Or it can, no, no, it no. can have a slight bit of good? No, it's not like, it's just, it's not that bad. It's just more of a personal nuisance. Okay. I found Romulus too bright. And I know, okay, uh, Ro- everything we've established about Romulan cultures is very gray. And yeah. I just found it too colorful for this particular... I didn't think you... I thought the, the, the atmosphere was colorful, but it wasn't like... Uh, but they the people in their clothing were still drab. It was the Remans that were bright. They had that they had that bright purple. It was muted with blacks well, by, and blue. Well, but, no, no. No, I mean, I look at the, um, the Senate scene. There's a lot of very colored robes, if you will. The, the brightest color was brown. Disagree. It was brown, green, and gray. It was brown, green, and gray, and some blue. But it was a fucking midnight blue. Right. I just, like I said, it's a nitpicky thing. I just didn't think it was gray enough. I don't know. If you go back to the original series, the Romulans are very bright. Right. But when you look at the breadth of canon that exists between that yeah, today... And- and then when the last time we saw the Romulans was in Deep Space Nine, and we were primarily dealing with the Tal Shiar, who are black. No, they're gray, too. No, they're black. Their straps are black. They're gray. The, the Tal Shiar that went with the Dabrantane were... Uh, there gray. was a lot of black. There was a lot of black, There yes. was a lot of black. But that's in the gray family. But there was there were, some of them were in full black regalia. So? All right, well... You're, you're actually emphasizing my point here. Still... But that's the secret police. You know, that's I, the I don't care. Police. This is what I'm saying. Like, this is regular citizens. How many regular citizens have we seen? Beyond unification? Not that many. That's also not... Well, beyond unification. But again, you just even reinforced it. Even in unification, very gray. The, the wash of the scene was very gray. And yeah, okay, but this is post-Dominion War. How do we know that the things haven't brightened up a little bit? They're talking about opening trade negotiations. Now there's you're been, re- you're reaching. No, so I'm far. just saying. I'm just saying. There's a there's could be story elements for it that we have not talked about. I, I'm not arguing that there could be story elements. What I'm saying is, and I prefaced this at the beginning. This is nitpicky. It's not gray enough. Well, I'm going to nitpick the shit out of it. So you done? Okay. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. We gotta make it interesting. Will you, will you please continue? No explanation for Wharf Post DS9 being back in uniform and on the bridge. Yes. Which I'm okay with, and anytime he tries to go full Klingon, he, he can. He I found always... Michael Doran's voice in this movie, it's just the way his vocals came through, really unnecessarily deep. I don't know. I think sometimes it depends on the episode. He rotated between between a little bit lighter and a little bit bassier. But this was like freakishly bassy. Uh, and eh. after that beginning part where they're finding B4's body, he really has nothing to do. Yeah, like really nothing to do in the whole movie. You know, and it would have been nice. I don't, I don't know. It just it, there was no explanation for it. So I was just like, yeah. Maybe that's just me nitpicking it. Maybe they're like, well, most of the people maybe who want to see the movie weren't Deep Space Nine fans. I don't know. I'm just saying it was a little little much. Yep. Um, my next bad. Um, the separation of merged ships in space. I It just... It's, okay. a, it's a bad because that's not how physics works. Yeah. Because if neither ship is moving and they're smashed together, yeah. when the Semitar goes full reverse, 
All it's going to do is drag the Enterprise, drag the Enterprise with, it. with it, not pull away from it. You know, but that's 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 Star Trek with, with its love it's, affair of science, and sometimes where it's just like, all right, most people aren't going to know this. So let's just let's that's why it's in a bad and not an ugly. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, that's not how physics works, guys. Yeah. So, uh, did the uh, Federation run out of quantum torpedoes against the Dominion? Because the entire, like, First Contact stresses quantum torpedoes are badass. Yes. And they're in Insurrection, too. Yes. And in this one, like, fire proton torpedoes. No quantum torpedoes ever get launched. And all their proton torpedoes look look like photon torpedoes. Excuse me. They look like normal torpedoes. Right, they were. No, but they, excuse me, I'm wrong. The photon torpedoes look like quantum torpedoes because they have the white signature and not the red. And quantum torpedoes are white with a blue hue. Right. But all the torpedoes fired from the Enterprise E had the white had the white with the blue hue. No, they were red. No, they were white. I, I very distinctly remember a scene right at the very beginning where they fire torpedoes and they miss and Shindong goes too slow, old man. Those are red. Okay, you're right. But later on, once the uh, once the Romulans join in and they start firing torpedoes, then they start fi- right. They start firing the quantum torpedoes. But they don't. They keep saying photon torpedoes. So they just—it's a misnomer. Of I, that's what my whole fired. point. That's my whole point is that there should have been a better distinction. Yes, I like that they ran out. I thought that was funny. I like that they ran out too, but I'm just saying it's a little, it's a little inconsistent. Yes. Okay. All right. No mention of the dissidents' movement on Romulus. You think the I don't think that matters, honestly. No, I know, but you, you would think if the if, if the Remans are doing a, a coup, where would the dissidents be? Yeah, you know, I don't were... think I don't think the dissidents had any ability to overcome. It was a military coup. It happened very quickly. But remember, the military wanted to just eradicate all the dissidents, and it was the political side of it that didn't want it. So you think there would be a little bit more of internal pol- like internal politics? Hard to say because every politician was murdered. Yeah, I I know. Well, with minus one. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, um, go for it. The Argo itself. I, I don't want to get into the scene yet. The Argo. Oh, the yeah. Yes, not the ship itself, but the all-terrain vehicle. Okay. The fact that it has a phaser cannon on it in the back, to me, not Star Trek. I think it can swivel around front. Well, but it doesn't. I don't, the, the directionality of it is unimportant. Okay, just the the fact that it exists. It's just not very Star Trekky. Yeah, I mean, part of me was like. Not to mention... Would they still have a wheeled vehicle? Right. Why would they need a wheeled vehicle? But then I'm like, okay, they are going into an industri- uh, a pre-warp industrialized society. So seeing a wheeled vehicle off in the distance is less suspicious than seeing a floating vehicle off in the distance. Yeah, but when you look at what it actually looks like, I don't give a fuck who you are or what year it is. It's suspicious. Okay, I under- I understand that. I'm just saying, like... Uh, to me, it's not even the fact... The wheeled vehicle part of it isn't the issue to me. It's it's the design overall. Yeah. And specifically the whole convenience of a phaser cannon on it. Yeah. Like, and no windscreen. Really? That's not very Starfleet either. Yeah. Why does Data need safety goggles? Yes. Also, <laughs> also a good question. Um, yeah. No, it's I, just I, the whole... That whole... Mode of transportation left something to be desired. Okay. But that translates into more of my uglies, but we'll get there. Alright. Um, I have three more bads. Okay. Alright. Uh, I'll save this one for later. Uh, shouldn't it be Captain Captain Riker throughout the whole movie? Because he's he's gonna he's being promoted he's promoted and he's taking command of the Titan. So 
he's just on the Enterprise as they go to Beta. The Enterprise is just transporting him to his wedding, and that's where he takes command of the Titan. Shouldn't he be Captain Riker throughout the entire movie? Not necessarily. Um, from a military traditional standpoint, you do not take your promotion does not take effect until you take you take actual that's the word I'm looking for uh, possession, if you will, of your new role. If that makes any sense. Okay. Right. So there, I'm just, like, I'm just, it's it's one of those things like congratulations, your promotion is effective on that date. Yeah. Well, I, I'm just saying the only reason I bring it up is, or the why I, I wanted to nitpick it just a tiny bit in my bad, is that we've had several movies where we've had two captains, three technically, on the same ship. And. Right. You know, we're, we're Kirk, Spock, yeah, yeah, and Scotty. Yeah, I got you. And it would have just been nice to be able to, I think there could have been a couple jokes about him going, all right, number one. And he's just like, like points at the pips, like, not really. You know, like, there could have been, to me, I would have found, I just, I thought that was a missed opportunity. It is for a humor point, but it's really not important. Um, and he hadn't surrendered his position yet. Like, that was, yeah. Anyways, um, I did, however, love, and I put it under the humor, but I did mention it, the, uh, you know, the, you know, the bridge is yours. Mr. Troy. Yeah. <laughs> that was so classic. Yes, there was there was some But also kind of backwards when you think about like this is the twenty fourth century, why is that a thing? Yeah. Well I think on beta on Beta Z he would be known as Mr. Troy because the women are the primary inheritors, I think. But throughout Starfleet he's still Captain Riker. Right. Um to be Captain Riker. Yeah. Alright, uh second to the last one. Is there too many similarities to Star Trek 2, Star Trek 4, and Generations? Yes. You know, like... Yes. Like, all these familiar tropes that are brought out. Yes. That was on purpose, though, which is somewhat bothersome. That's what I mean, is that um, it was too... The writer... I forget his name. Uh, John Logan. John Logan specifically said he, you know, he looked at... The, the unusual conventions that Nicholas Meyer employed yeah. from a Star Trek universe perspective and really aimed to emulate those because looking at Star Trek 1 and Star Trek 3 specifically, he, he found that they missed their target audience. So he found it important to emulate the things that worked and not the things that didn't. Well, no, I, I get that. Um, but at some point, you know, like, emulation is fine, you know, uh, it's, you know, it's a form of flattery, but at some point you got to think like, we're 10 movies in, this is the 10th movie in, and yes, First Contact had, did really well parroting, uh, four, you know, with time travel and all that stuff, right. but we should have done just a little bit, maybe tweak, spent a little bit more time on it and tweaked it. Which leads me into my last bad, which is, wouldn't B4 have been better if it was Lore playing in disguise? Quote, unquote, disguise? Yes, but Lore is killed, quote, unquote, killed by Data at the end of um, that episode. So he's under Federation control somewhere, dismantled slash dead. Lore's dead. I understand that, but... How easy would it have been for like before to be a play and be like, oh no, lore, I found him before, right? And that's how you have, you know, the storyline right. of storyline of young Picard, yeah, and lore coming to supplant and remove data, yeah, and Picard. Like it would have made a yeah. lot more. It would have thickened it. If it, you will. it. I think it would have added a little bit more depth. And impetus to the character, and it would have possibly, um, it would have been much more interesting with B4 at the end. Yes. If he was part lore, and Data had, before he known it, put his memory engrams on him. And so then you're like, which one is it really? Is it Data? Is it lore? Or is it some mixture of the two? 
now you're reaching for plot. Uh, anyways, no, I, I'm just saying it would have set up it's fine. fun story it's fine. for later. You're reaching for plot. But it's I'm fine. not reaching for plot. I'm anyways, offering an alternative so, solution. That does kind of bring up to one of the last bads I had was the deleted scenes. Um, I want to say it's bad in the sense that I'm glad they got cut out. For the most part, there was one or two that I would have liked to have seen stayed in. But they give you some really interesting information about it. And most of them were pretty terrible. Um, one of the ones that stuck with me is they were talking about production in one of the um, kind of the behind-the-scenes extras. And the original nomenclature was actually supposed to be B9. Then benign. Yeah. Um, but apparently that was taken by somebody else's TV rights. I don't know where. So they ended up with B4, which worked out quite nicely. Um, the other bad for me, and I'm glad that got cut out because it would have really moved into the ugly category, is the alternative ending showed a different character coming on to be the new first officer at the end of the movie. And... Riker fucks with him. Which one was it? I don't remember. So you'll have to see the deleted scene. I forget the guy's name. Um, but Is it a known character? The character actor has been on the show before. I'm pretty sure he was on Enterprise. Um, I don't think he was ever on Next Gen. Okay. Well, no, but but it, it upset me because I'm, I'm glad they cut it, but it's like Worf is on the ship. Why would he, he was commanding the Defiant for all intents and purposes yeah. for most of the show? Why would he not then be next in line for the first officer role? Well, which which goes back to the bad of no explanation of Worf's presence on the Enterprise. Right? Is he an actual officer? Did, was he just filling a role as they went to Beta Z? Yeah. You know, like, and that's why he's not taking it. He's only. But why is he in uniform if he's an ambassador? Where like, there's no. Yeah. The backstory for Michael Dorn is not well developed. At all. Yeah. At all. Okay. The Uglies. Alright. Well, I can cross this one out, because uh, we've already we've already talked about it. It's the cloning storyline. Uh, Why is that ugly? Because there was just too much of it at the time when it came out. And even now, it seems a little... F- it's, it seems... Forced and like as you just said to me, it's reaching for plot when they could have done something easier and better. Okay, and we know Picard had hair when he was younger. Yes, the picture of him at the academy would say otherwise in the movie. It's, it, a, it's a convenience item again. I know it's a convenience item, but it's still we've seen. Multiple instances of him in the next generation of younger with red hair, and yet you could have fucking put a wig on that picture, do something. But now that's like, oh, we got Tom Hardy here. Throw a throw a wig with some thinning red hair because we know he had it. Well, brownish hair, sure, but not red. Anyways, not important. It was it was not red. It's reddish brown. It's not, red, not it, red. There's some red in there. But it's not red hair. You're making him sound like a fucking ginger. It's close. Oh, boy. It's close. Wow. All right. You are really just off your game today, clearly. I'm not. You're just fucking misremembering shit. No, your memory is clearly bad today. No, it's... He has reddish hair. Uh, When we're off air, I'm going to pull these pictures up to show you how wrong you are. Okay. I'm not wrong. So, um, my first ugly. The scene on the during the battle where Deanna is at tactical and moving Worf's fingers around. And they have lit her with this, like, everything around her is dark, but her eyes are bright. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. I, I, I'm watching that going, this is horrific to watch. Yeah, it's a cinematic trope. They're... We've seen it in other Star Trek movies. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's good. I didn't say that. I'm just saying it's it's a familiar trope. We don't have to like it. It's terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Well, it just goes back to my ugly of telepathic rape. Again. Yeah, that's not cool. It's just... 
unnecessary? That's unnecessary. I don't get the... Yeah. it. Like, it didn't have to be rape. They could have introduced it in, like, a completely different way. Yeah. And it's a, it's a storyline picked up that's happened before from the TV series. And that's one of those ones where you could have let that sleeping dog lie. It would have been preferable. Yeah. Like, why did it have to be so traumatic? Yeah, it was just... I mean, I know they're trying to raise the stakes and uh, make you feel violated, all that stuff. It just was... They actually cut cut out a scene that I felt was much more effective. Um, I think when we're done, I'll make you watch a couple of the deleteds. You won't have time. I'm going to make you watch a couple of the deleted. We won't have time. Anyways. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it whatsoever. Alright, your turn. Alright, my final ugly is... Really? No glimpse of the Titan? That's 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 an ugly? I think that's more of a bad. No, that's an ugly. I would be curious of the actual timeline... To well, see this... whether or not Star Trek Online had actually released the images of the Titan when this movie was produced. I don't think Star Trek Online existed at this point. Right, so we had no design for the Titan. They could have. They could have done. Could have done a design for it. This is one of our. I think one of the one of the first uh, Star Trek movies that didn't have a glimpse of at least one other Federation ship. I don't think it was an insurrection. Now you only saw the Enterprise. Um, but you saw other quote unquote Federation support craft. Yeah, and you're at the uh, what's it, Planitia shipyard above uh, Utopia Planitia. Yes, yeah. that's uh, Utopia Planitia is not a oh, it's Earth. Place. Okay, it's just a, they're at they're at a space they're at a space dock. Oh, dock, over Earth, over Earth, and you don't see any other ship whatsoever. You would, I don't know, I. I, that's why I have it as an ugly. You had a prime opportunity to show us yeah. the Titan, and you wouldn't even have had to do a fucking super detailed render because you're not yeah. getting up close. It's just right there. So I have three more uglies that I'm kind of going to lump into one. Okay. Everything that took place on the desert planet. Yeah. From wharfs, or like the, the beforehand... Jumping out of the sand and grabbing a wharf. What? Yeah. That was ridiculous. Like, stupid ridiculous. Um, the lighting of the whole thing was overly blown out and kind of weird. Like, I, I think understand. they were doing that based off the, the type of sun they had. Right, the concept was for the type of sun, but the way they approached it was really strange to me. Yeah. Um, and then the Mad Max style chasing was just awful. Yeah. Yeah, it was just awful. Right? You have this group of desert, you know, fucking cars with guns mounted chasing the Argo. And, like, really? Give me a break. It's just horrific. Yeah, although I did like it when it. The, the jump and catch. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I like that part. For the record, brown with red highlights. I swear there was. Well, fuck you then. Maybe my eyes are going bad. I'm not arguing with you that you had, like... Or maybe I'm just remembering... Yeah, I guess it's okay. all... Okay, and then you had... Yeah, the young kid. The young kid, kid was brown hair. Yeah. yeah. So, um... Alright, well, maybe I'm just thinking of young young Patrick Stewart himself. Had, that's plausible. Had red hair. That is very plausible. Um, at the end of the day, I, uh... Whoa, yeah, there's, then there's this one. This might be one of the shots you're thinking of, but that's still mostly brown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's not keep boring the audience of while we're looking at pictures that they can't see. Um, well, I just want to say... Google it. Yeah. They've already Googled it to say Josh is an idiot. I don't uh, want to say that you're an idiot. You're just arguing vehemently incorrectly. That's something so I'm not gonna. Do. I'm not going to say I told you so. But you I will did. say... You just did. I'm not going to say I you told just, you so. You just did twice. I'm going to say I informed you thusly. So three times. Now we're getting into semant- semantics and synonyms. Yes. Yeah. There we go. Um, yes. 
Overall impression of the movie, though. Taking away the good, the bad, the other. Overall impression. Did you enjoy the movie? Did you feel it was in the... Did it maintain that the goods were... Or the the evens were good and the odds were not as good? Did it yeah. maintain that? Yeah, I, I really like this movie. I don't, I don't really understand people's... Affliction to it? Yeah, I mean, I, I get... Well, I get some of it, but it's... I really like this movie. So... I like this movie with the exception of one sequence. Yeah. And that's the desert sequence. Oh, no, yeah, I, I'm aware. So, let's get down to brass tacks. Rankings? Rankings. Your previous rankings were 6, 2, 4... Uh, eight, three, five, nine, seven, one. Um, my new rankings. Yeah. Six, two, four. Yeah. Ten, eight, three, five, nine, seven, one. Okay. So better than generations. Still beats all of the odds. Okay. I have it. Wait, at... Hold on a second. What I want to say is, it's funny because looking at these rankings, I, I feel like Star Trek Three is is pushed down in my rankings, posture like almost unfairly. Yeah. Well, you want to hear my rankings? Yeah. And then we can talk about them. My rankings are six, two, eight, four, three, ten. Seven, one, five, nine. So three still beats it. Yeah. For okay. me, three still beats it. Um, but, uh, and first contact for me is still, you know, in top three for me. Uh, but, you know, our, our orders are, well, they're, they're, I mean, they're similar-ish. Yeah. Um. But yes, I I think it's funny how for you how all the evens are top loaded. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. I have to you know it'll be interesting when we uh, get Peter Cooley over here to to talk about this movie and uh, yeah, but he loves Generations. No, he doesn't. I thought he loved no no he did. It's First Contact that he loves. Yeah, and I love First Contact too, but that's still an even up front. Yeah, I don't. I don't love it as much as you guys do. Yeah, that's all right. You know, it's it's okay to be wrong. I've already proved that today. And argue vehemently. About well, it. you know what? I'm just gonna fucking stick with it. Yep, pretty much. All yeah. right. Yeah, because Peter's last rankings were for first contact, and they were uh, two six four eight one three five seven. So. I think he's going to have Nemesis way down on the list. Really? Yeah. You don't think he likes it very much? No, I'm going to say he does not. I'm going to venture that guest for that guest that guess for the upcoming future. Yeah. Okay. Now the question is, do we review 15 seconds of 2009 J.J. Abrams Star Trek to have their uh, to have their um, what the hell is it? The uh, Spock storyline and the Romulans. No, yeah, because this is supposed to open the door for better relations with the Romulans, and then yeah. you know Spock coming to their aid and the destruction of Romulus and Remus. Yes, so. yeah, but that touches outside the Prime Universe, and we said we were sticking with the Prime Universe. No, 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 no. the destruction of Romulus and Remus is in the Prime Universe. Right, but what you were just talking about comes from the movie. It comes from the movie showing the original timeline and what happened and how they came over and sh- and created an alternate Kelvin timeline. Right. That bleeds into the Yes, no, but they universe. still they still went there. He still set off the red matter and he got caught in the in the in the temporal gosia, but but there's no movie that addresses that directly that's in the prime timeline, therefore we shouldn't discuss it. Yeah, but Robinson and Remus still got destroyed in the prime timeline. Yes, but there's no movie that shows that, so it's not in the prime timeline that discusses it. That's why I said you get 20 second, 30 second glimpse of it. We're way over that now. So, alright, now who's arguing? 
Me? Yeah. Except I'm right. There's no whole movie that shows that. There's still scenes that show that. But that's not in the prime timeline movie. Uh, or is your argument that that scene takes place... In the prime timeline. Because it hasn't happened in the Kelvin universe theoretically yet. Whoa, boy, you're stretching today, buddy. That's not stretching. I think the audience knew exactly what I was saying, and it was your turn to stretch. I, I, don't, I don't know about that. Yeah, well... I don't know about that. Regardless, you can fuck off and die. I'm so glad to see you, too. <laughs> Alright, that is the end of the Star Trek Horror series. Next month, we will pick up with the Star Wars Horror yes, series. we will begin with episode one. The Phantom Man-Ass. There's not really man-ass in there. Menace? I think it's I mean, there's... You say a mess? I mean, the acting is a mess. Well, folks, the next three months are going to be quite interesting and entertaining for you guys. And it's going to be quite volume control, so... uh, I'm sorry if you're blown out. Thanks for stopping by.